The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Sills! Happy Friday to you. Um, man, football 24-7 almost now, right? Football almost 24-7 here. I mean, last night, tonight, Saturday, Sunday, we even got Monday Night Football too. And this is the dress rehearsal. For the upcoming 2023 NFL season, as I've been saying the last couple days, this is a dress rehearsal. And last night with Eagles and Browns, that thing was a train wreck. But it's to be expected. Okay? Good teams with good rosters are not going to put a lot of starters in a meaningless game, especially in today's NFL when you see all these weird injuries. You're just not. And more of the organized team practices. It was clear last night that both the Browns and the Eagles took their organized team practices way more serious than what they saw last night. And again, as fans, the media, the overall NFL and pro football fan bases, they're all going to look at that and go, what was it? it, it you got to kind of combine it all. So you don't go too crazy about last night. You don't go over the top. What you do is you have to have reasonable thinking and combining both the organized team practices and what you saw last night and put it all together. And then you form your roster. And some rosters are further ahead and some are, some are still developing. You got to remember something about the Eagle roster. There's not a lot of position spots open. You're talking about maybe five, five or six different roster spots that are open. There's not going to be a ton that was on the roster even a year ago where you're going to see a lot of transition in that roster. Okay? Hey, before I get going into my takeaways from last night, Okay. Um, Tyree Cleveland, that whole situation with him on the gurney and the Eagle fans doing the wave, I wouldn't think 10 seconds about it. But people outside of Philly will. How many people do you think in the, in, in, in the, in the seats there at Lincoln Financial knew exactly what was going on on the field? Nobody did. Nobody had an idea. It could have been a broken leg. But see, because it's Philly, if that's Pittsburgh and they're doing the wave, 
Or if that's Los Angeles and they're doing the wave, it's not a big deal. Only in Philly is it a big deal. And I agree with you with the hate. Any 31 other places could have did that. And nobody would have even mentioned it. Nobody would have mentioned it. But because it's Philly, they think you guys are bad fans, which you are not. You're some of the most educated and edgy. The two E's that I love, edgy and educated. I love it. Maniac, welcome aboard here, brother. I wouldn't think 10 seconds about that. I'd wear that as a merit badge. And if you want to call me the villain, every sport needs villains. And if I'm Philadelphia sports fans, you want to call me the villain, I'm right there. And I'm right there with you because they call me the villain of sports broadcasting. And you want to go there, you got it. That thing last night, I I, I saw some of the comments. Maybe not the right time. Shut up, dude. You really think a family sitting in the seats and there's a guy on a gurney who may be having issues when it comes to stabilization. You really think that family's hoping that guy's paralyzed? Come on, man. That's the idiotic cancel culture people that we have in this country today that they like to think for you. Got a great fan base. I love arguing with you. I love debating with you. I love having great conversation with you. In my two and a half years talking to Philadelphia sports fans, I have nothing but respect for you. Even the people who give me the most shit here. Let's move on. We don't want to get too sappy, do we? (laughs) Quan, I don't hate you. Quan, I need you. Quan, are you kidding? I need you. You fuel me, Quan. You get my Italian up. You are you kidding me, Quan? You get my Italian up. I belong in South Philly, man. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get to the takeaways. Now, look. I want to again. I want to temper this because look, there's no question the Philadelphia Eagles value the organized team practices, like I said, way more than they do those exhibition games. Okay? And it was evident last night. That thing was an absolute train wreck. But you take some things away from it. Because, again, you know what we're looking for here? I don't really care about the score. I really don't care about the yards. I'm going to throw something out here in a minute. But... I mean, at the end of the day, you're just looking for consistent play. That's what you're kind of looking for here. So let's go into it. It was as sloppy as you can get with an exhibition football game. Almost impossible to really get some takeaways from something like that, unless you go back and watch it again, which I did. And I agree, Brian, it was just sloppy all over. Okay, a lot of guys not playing with each other. You could tell in the offensive line, especially with the Eagle second team offensive line. That's the worst the Eagle offensive line. The second group has looked in three years. I've been covering the team. That was terrible. Um, So you got to temper it. 
on what I'm going to say here. So you got to kind of be cool and you got to not go over the top here a little bit. So this is just some observations that I took away and I wrote a boatload of them down here. Um, the Browns completely dominated in the first quarter, the Eagles. And what was important to take away from that in the first quarter is that Dean Jordan and Jalen Carter were the triangle and not one starter from the offense for the Browns were in that huddle and they ran the ball right down their throats. Um, here, here's, here's the numbers. The Eagles had the total in the, in the first quarter, a total of 13 plays. Cleveland had it 30 and a hundred yards. They ran the ball right down their throat. I mean, it was, they were completely dominated, especially even in the first half. So what was kind of troubling a little bit was that the triangle got pushed around by the Cleveland second team offensive line. I mean, these are the numbers here. They had, it's 13 plays to 30. They had 100 yards in offense, a time of possession in the first quarter. If you look at it, the, the Eagles didn't even really have the ball in the first half because they were running the ball right down their throat. Um, so you, you, you took that away. If you were Cleveland, you were a little bit kind of like, um, yeah, that's pretty good for us because our second team dominated what could be a starting trio of Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Kobe Dean got pushed off the ball. I mean, time of possession, the amount of plays, and the yards dictate that. So they were knocked off the ball. Um, I, this is what I took away. You take whatever you will from the Kobe Dean's play. And I know everybody um, gave him A pluses. Me, I saw false steps. I saw him get pushed around. I didn't see a lot of good football plays. Um, kind of got lost sometimes in his scrape lane. And he made a arm tackle to punch the ball out, which is a big play. Okay, that's good. The rest of it, I don't know. How about this? I still need to see a lot of work out of him. False steps. Go back and watch it. I watched it twice. They were false steps. I mean, you saw him step left, go back right. Did that about five times. You're not going to do that against first-team guys. Now, again, um, he needs reps. You saw it in there. And the arm tackle punch out, he was out of position. Slapped the ball out, got it out on the goal line. I mean, okay. I'm looking at really more of his play and how he runs to the ball. It was a little slow. Okay? So, I mean, and it was against the twos. So, let's, let's see a little more work. How about this? I don't want to go crazy because false steps are going to be expected from a guy who's never played. He's never played. He's got 34 reps. That's exactly what I saw last night. So, how about this? Um, being a, here, Here's what I did like with him. He's around the ball. And when you're around the ball, that means you could be a playmaker. Okay? 
I've seen guys that are technically sound and they never make a play. Okay? So that was my takeaway with him. Jordan Davis has one pass rush, a bull rush. The rest of it is garbage. He needs to develop a pass rush move outside of a bull rush. Runs right into the offensive guards. And he needs to do a better job at getting um, off blocks and run in the run game. Um, the second team unit for the Browns knocked him off the ball again. Kid, you got to use your arms a little better and your, your hands a little more. Um, this is what I'll say about Jalen Carter. You know, not, not, a, not impressive, but just keep giving them reps. Keep giving them reps. Keep giving them reps. He's going to be fine. What's not impressive, okay? Got turned around a little bit. Got knocked off the ball. Got knocked back into Nakobe a couple times. By the way, that was evident also in why Nakobe couldn't make a lot of run fits. The two tackles got knocked off the ball. And so with White, and, and like I tell you, if those two tackles in front of you were not playing really hard football and keeping the line of scrimmage with integrity, and those guys get knocked back, what happens? The linebacker scrape lane gets knocked back, and you're going to have poor fits. So, again, they need more reps. It's not saying they can't do it. They just need more reps. Okay? That triangle needs to get – last year's triangle was Fletcher Cox, Jalen Hardgrave, and TJ Edwards. That's an experienced group that produced a lot. Think about what that three got that threesome did. That threesome produced six and a half sacks, 11 sacks, and 160 tackles. That's formidable. The heart of your defense is, is completely changed this year from what it was a year ago. You had 17 and a half sacks last year out of two DTs and 160 tackles by, at your Mike backer. Okay? So these guys need more reps. It was a little bit sloppy last night for the triangle. Not, would I like to see them play in the third? I would, but probably not. It's too late now. It's too late. You got to get ready for New England. It's too late. Okay? It's just too late. So you got to go with what you have now. Um, and again, Jalen Carter was not impressive. He didn't do anything exceptional in there. Just keep feeding him reps. Okay. Keep, keep, I, I don't know what their, um, I don't know what their practice schedule is this week and what they're going to do with organized team practices, but get him as many reps as you, as, as you possibly can. Now, again, I want to make sure everyone understands this. I like the fact that Dean made a play. That's, you can build on that. But the full steps, again, that's to be expected from a guy who hasn't been out there in a starting role. It, 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 it could be John Dean. It could be Sammy Dean. That's going to happen to anybody. It could be the kid Campbell in Detroit. He's going to have false steps if he hasn't played. It, it's, it's common. Everyone goes through the progressions of learning. It's not a big deal. Okay? But I do like the fact that he made 
a significant turnover play. That means he's around the ball. But those two tackles in front of him can't get knocked off the ball like they did in that first quarter. I mean, Cleveland dominated them. Got to be better than that. Got to be better. Marcus Mariota is terrible. I mean, he's absolutely brutal. He has no right being on that. Tanner McKee has outplayed him. But what happens here is, is that Marcus Mariota fits the system better. Okay? I mean, he fits the system better in what they're going to ask to do. Mariota's terrible. Now, I'm, I, I wrote these names down for a reason. You're not going to get a frontline superstar quarterback or a really great quarterback as a backup at this stage right now. So you have to look at the rosters on guys who potentially could be cut. You know that kid last night, that Dorian Thompson Robinson? I think that kid's from UCLA. If I'm not mistaken, I thought he may have been in Green Bay. He's the fourth team quarterback in Cleveland right now. They may cut him. I would like him on the on the Philadelphia Eagle roster. I would not have a problem with him being signed as my backup quarterback. Okay? I don't have a problem with that. Um, Will Greer in Dallas. Now, he's the third, fourth team guy. Will Greer could play that system. You got to look at guys who fit the system. So Will Greer in Dallas, I don't, I, an RPO guy himself, okay? I don't know if Dallas will cut him, but they love Cooper Rush. Anthony Brown, the Oregon kid who's in Baltimore, plays also in that RPO type of system. These are the kind of guys you're going to have to look at on people who potentially could be out there. Because I want guys that come from a system of well-coached quarterbacks and run the same type of system I do. You got to remember, this is like a puzzle here. How many, so people go, how about Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers has no right being on the Philadelphia Eagle offense. Why in the world would you even think Philip Rivers? No way does that guy fit what they're doing. But a guy, look, Baltimore, Cleveland, Dallas, they got pretty good offensive coaches there. And kind of what they do. Anthony Brown, some of you guys go, who's that? Well, it's not important. You're looking at a guy to walk into the room in there in case there's a disaster. Marcus Mariota's not cutting it. And I do not want to hear this. Well, he's had eight different coaches, nine different this and that. This is professional football. Okay? That is no bearing on how he sucks so bad. Okay, I told you in the offseason and in the preseason and leading up to the preseason, Marcus Mariota has failed at every single stop that he has been at. What makes you think he's going to succeed in Philly? It's playing out exactly like I said here. Howie gave that guy five million bucks, and that's a mistake. It's a mistake. The theory's right. His theory, here, let me say this to you. 
Tone goes like this. I agree. Mariota's cooked. He clearly is not at all in football. And l- let me say something to you that's happened to Marcus Mariota. When you're a star in college and you're a Heisman Trophy winner and you have so much success, football beats the love of the game out of you. I'll give you an example. My aunt hates when I do this. I'm in Tampa. I'm a backup. I'm not getting a nose guard position. Many of you know the story. I I never played nose. I caught myself in my apartment saying this. I don't want to do this anymore. And I love football. I said that out loud. Biggest disaster in my life. I had come from a program. I got all the money, all the accolades. I had every, I found myself in my apartment by myself saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was 22 years old. Okay. So I know where Marcus Mariota's feeling in his head is right now. Football has taken the love of the game out of it because of he's failing. And what happens is when you throw an interception, it becomes the Carson Wentz factor. He's Carson Wentz, just in Marcus Mariota's uniform. Dude, as much as momentum carries athletes sometimes, Momentum the other day, other way, carries it as well. Got to remember that. These guys are human. Feelings, emotions, all go into playing football. It's not about kissing cheerleaders and cashing paychecks like many of you think. You got to have your heart and soul and mind and everything into it and focused all the time. And you've got to be able to deal with adversity. Marcus Mariota, since he came out of Oregon, has dealt with adversity. And he's dealt with it, and it's been a constant downhill fall for him. Some people go like this. He doesn't even look like he wants to play. Probably doesn't. He does in his heart because the heart's the last thing to give out. But in his mind, his mind's beating him right now. That's what's happening. It's not about the money, guys. Okay? This comes down to... Football's football's your first love and true love. It's your love, man. Once the love of the game is gone, it's truly over. Absolutely, Brandon. Sometimes it comes at 46, and sometimes it comes at 26. The real lucky ones are the ones that it continues. Okay? So, I feel for the kid. I do. Understand it. It's an emotional game, man. Takes your heart and soul. Let me tell you something. You don't love your kids. You don't love your wife. You don't love your family. More than the game. When you're playing it and you're active in it. You do not. You can't. Your focus, your time. You spend more time with teammates than you do your own personal family. 
So when you start having failure like that, that's, hey, Danko, the sport just literally kills you. It does. The failure of it. And again, this is why Jalen, can I tell you something too? Let me tell you what I loved last night. The thing I took away the most that I loved the most last night, Trey Sermon puts the ball on the carpet and there's Jalen Hurts going over to him. You know what he told him? I can, I, hey, you got the rest of this game and you got another game to erase that. Don't let that play and your love of something. You got to pick your ass up and you got to go and you and I thought he came back in the game and played well. That was because of Jalen Hurts. And when Jalen Hurts comes and talks to you like that, he comes from a place where he's been at the ultimate pits to the ultimate pinnacle. And let me tell you something, man. That I was emotional on that because Hurts didn't have to go over and talk to him like that. Those little tiny subtle moves right there is why that guy is worth more than 255. I'm telling you, I was so impressed with him. Hey, and he was like this. He didn't want anybody to know what he was saying. He, you think Jalen Hurts does that for the cameras? He went over there for Trey Sermon so that Trey Sermon could go like this. He goes, don't, don't let that play end it. You got three more quarters, and you got another week. Don't give him an excuse. Go out there and give it 100. Tell you what, man. After that, the kid goes back in the game. If I'm a coach, I got to figure a way to keep Trey Sermon on my team. And I look over at Jalen Hurts and I go, look, I'll tell you this, man. I got a lot of respect for that kid. I got more respect now for Hurts, even more respect. That was cool, man. Trey Sermon is a borderline cut. And there's Hurts talking to him. Because he likes him. He works hard. That, hey, how many quarterbacks, you ever see Carson Wentz do that? Do you ever see Donovan McNabb do that? To the 53rd guy in the roster. Hertz was like his dad there. I'm talking Hertz's dad. It's good. That was a great moment last night. Maybe some of you didn't notice it. I don't know if you saw it. But that stuck out to me. Like, it was one of my takeaways. And it was one of my big takeaways. I really loved it. It's a good moment. It was, it was just a really great moment. I, 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 I loved it. Nolan Smith, hurt again? It was a hell of a moment. And then Sermon responds with a 33-yard TD. So awesome. Right. I'm finding a way to keep Trey Sermon on my team. Nolan Smith, hurt again? Why do I say that? Well, he was hurt last year too. So are we starting to see a little bit of 
being injury prone. I hope not. He was better. He was better. He was flying around. Um, he was better. A little more controlled. A little more controlled, okay? Now, I'll say this to you. One thing I, um, one thing I don't like where they are. So, so let me get this right. Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick are injured? Okay, now I'm hearing Smith is not as bad off as people thought. Okay, all right. Okay. Okay. If, could he have played? Maybe. Okay, we'll find out. I mean, but this is, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear injured again from him because he's missed a little time at Georgia being injured. That's an issue. Or is it? I don't know yet. Just making an observation. But on his play, he was better controlled. They got to figure it out. I mean, that I don't think the Eagles even know what they have yet. Okay? I I I don't think I don't I don't think they know what they have. So they just got to figure it out. Zach Cunningham can play. By the way, I'm going to name my 22 Eagle starters here in a minute. Guys that I believe who should start for the 2023 season. The guys that I would pick to start. Zach Cunningham can play. He's a good football player. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what Tennessee's looking for, but so far, the two weeks that I've watched him play, I like him. I mean, he's, he, he's, I don't know why you're not on a roster earlier than what you were. Maybe it was over finances or over money or something, but he could play. Zach Cunningham could play, man. I was, I was cool with him. I was cool with him. I liked watching him play and running around, making plays, moving guys around. I thought he was good. Sidney Brown, out of position, over-aggressive. They kind of game-planned it that way and went after him. Bunch of false steps. Slow down, kid. Slow down. I know you want to get there. Slow down. He should not start. He will be picked apart by these coordinators in the NFL. Let him get used to playing NFL football at a controlled rage. He's playing with rage, but not controlled rage. I want my player to play with rage. I like the rage. I like the animal instinct in players. But you got to put guardrails around some of these guys in cages. Control it. Got turned around a few times. He looked like, again, and they game planned it. You saw them turn him around a few times. He was a little out of control. So, hey, you can coach this down. It's okay. Look. Do I think he's going to be a good one? I do. Do I think that this guy by the end of the year may start? 
I do. Hang in there, though, kid. Let's just hang in there. Hang in there. Listen to your coaches and talk to some of your secondary guys like Slay and Bradbury on how you play with control. I don't want to say this to the guy. Hey, back up. Back up. That's not what I'm looking for. I'd like to have Brian Dawkins talk to him. Learn how to play with that rage. It's okay. I want you to play in a rage. I want you to be a headhunter back there and a tone setter. Do you know what free and strong safeties are? Any great defense has always had a tone setter. Last year, the Eagles didn't have a tone setter. Now, you can't really have headhunters anymore, but you can get a tone setter. Go out there, make some Cam Chancellor hits. Put guys on their bonnets. You know? But kids, slow it down a bit. You were out of control. Okay? He's good. He's good. Just slow it down a bit. Your number three wide receiver is yet to be determined, and I don't know if he's on the roster. Man, that thing's a shit show. Outside of your top two guys, you have nothing. I mean nothing. Now, the quarterback play by Mariota wasn't very good. But, man, I'll tell you what. Those wide receivers that you have are, I mean, I don't know. They're not anything. I mean, do they throw footballs to them? Do they give them reps at all in any way? Your third team, from your third team guy down, you have nothing in that wide receiver room. That's worth a shit. And this is why I keep saying you better not lose AJ or Devontae because that will diminish you a lot. And you will be hurt. And Jalen and that offense will be hurt. That RPO system will be hurt. If you lose one of them top top line guys, Okay, your offense will be dramatically changed because you just don't have enough dudes back there and you don't have enough of a prolific passing game. Some guys go like this. Well, Sills, they had two 1,000-yard receivers. Yeah, well, the quarterback doesn't throw the ball a ton. You don't. You threw the ball 450. Those other guys throw it 650, 700 times. Those are passing games. You're a dual threat game. You're a 50-50 team. You don't really think the Chiefs are a 50-50 team, do you? They're not a 50-50 team. They're, they're just not. You are. Which means you got to rely a lot. Okay? Like Ward? Are you kidding? He's a nobody. I mean, I don't even know if he's I don't even know if the number three guy's on your team yet. Um they do take more of the organized team practices. Okay. They do take more of the organized team practices and look at them 
and they they look at them more. And I I that's my takeaway. They they obviously because that thing was as sloppy as it could possibly get. Okay. And organizationally, you you walk away from that going like this, 18-18. And in the first half, the Browns dominated them. I don't know if I'm having a cow over it, but it just seemed like the offensive line, the second team guys were atrocious. Now, the safety in the end zone. I mean, Cleveland got off the ball and got, <clears throat> got the safety, and it was like nobody really kind of gave a shit about it. I don't know. It's just... Cleveland really pushed them off the ball, I thought. So, again, at the end of the day, it's what it is. Okay? Um, They kind of – I thought it was a half-hearted effort. I thought it was a half-hearted effort. That was my takeaway from it. It was was half-hearted. Um. If I were to give a grade on it, C, I guess. Tanner McKee, I need to, he's not the second team quarterback on a team that will need a quarterback to go in and win games. He's not it. He's a project. So those of you out there who think that, he's not. You need somebody that runs that system. You need someone that fits that system. Didn't you learn a lesson from a year ago when you tried running RPOs with Gardner Minshew? Jesus, criminy. Open your eyes, some of you. I I heard people all over and saw people on the internet going, Tanner McKee should be the number two. So you want to go through the Gardner Minshew experiment again when they put that guy in and had him running RPOs against the Saints and against the Cowboys, and he looked pathetic doing it. Gardner Minshew cannot fit this system. I saw some people saying Nick Foles. Don't let your heart overcome your reasoning. The only reason I would Matt I would want Matt Ryan in there is because Matt Ryan could probably get the ball to AJ and Devontae in a one or two game situation. But if you got to go f- a month. With Matt, that's not going to cut it either. Matt's a former MVP. He's won a ton of games. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He'd be a great person for Jalen to talk to on the sidelines. I think, to me, that's where you're going to get more out of Matt is on the sidelines with Jalen than sitting around having another guy because Philly likes Nick Foles. Okay, dude, just because you like a guy doesn't mean he's the right guy. Hey, Nick is a Philly legend, but not in 2023. He's not, not on this team. It doesn't fit. Forrest goes, Matt Ryan. Well, then you're reduced to this. Hoping someone gets cut. Which is it? Hoping someone gets cut from an active team? Or Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, or Carson Wentz? Pick one. What do you want? 
You don't have a ton of options. <laughs> Some go like this. Well, I would never want Wentz. That's not the point. Your options are limited. Guys that will be cut, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, and Nick Foles. Pick one. And if you pick Foles, you're picking the lesser of them all. Tyrod Taylor's on a roster. Howie's not going to make a trade for a backup quarterback. Any team in their right mind right now knows the value of a backup. Ask the Cowboys. Cooper Rush saved their season last year. And, and, and don't go Cam. Again, don't look at the back of the name on the jersey. Look at the formula that fits the system you're running today. Jesus criminy. It's not about resumes as a backup. You need someone that can go in there and do the things. I'll tell you what. I want someone that has a skill set of Snoop Hunley. In Baltimore, that's what I want. I want someone to look like Snoop Hundley in Baltimore as my backup quarterback. Okay? That's the guy you need. Marcus Mariota is not going to cut it. He's not good enough. And here's the problem with Mariota. It's not that he doesn't make plays. He makes mistakes. The one thing the Eagles don't do is make mistakes. They may have a few bad plays, but the Eagles don't make mistakes. Okay, they're a a mistake-free team. And that's how they're coached. That's how they're developed. Okay, I mean, and and by the way, real quick before I move on to the 22 that I want to see starting in Philly. Howie did the right thing by giving Marcus Mariota the contract and having him come in to the Eagles and try to be the backup because he was looking for a different role for him. No one really had that role for him. Maybe John Gruden did. And you know what? To be... Fair to Marcus. John Gruden, when when Mariota went in as a Raider, I thought he led, had, had moments where he looked pretty decent. I thought he was okay. Okay? That's good coaching. So I see where Howie goes, this guy's kind of the skill set we have with our guy. You know, it kind of mirrors it in case something sideways goes. You don't fault Howie on this. The money's right. Um, the thought process is right. The evaluation is right when it comes to thinking, well, he's in a different role here. Will he accept it? So quite frankly, you don't shit on Howie for going down this lane. This wasn't much of a gamble. He was going to be the backup. He was never going to come in and compete. Okay? He was was never going to come in and compete. So... It, it was it was the thought process was good 
Okay? The thought process was right and smart to bring Mariota in. But everyone's like this. Nick Foles, everyone. Damn. If you sign Nick Foles, if the Eagles sign Nick Foles, that's because they're listening to the fan base instead of listening to what's right. They know what's right here, okay? They know what's right, okay? All the cheesesteaks and pretzels ain't going to make this thing happen. It's just not going to work, okay? So, all right. I want to tell you who I believe should be the starting 22 on your Eagle team. I want to get to the starting 22. So far, what I've heard, what I've seen, these are the men that I think should be starting for the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles. Let's do the offense because it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Then we'll go to the defense. I got Jalen Hurts, obviously, and I got Tanner McKee until that changes otherwise as the backup quarterback. He's outplayed Mariota, okay? Do I think they'll go into the season with Mariota and McKee in case of disaster? I do think those were one, two, and three. They may go Mariota's too, but to me, I think McKee's outplayed him. Um, I think, and, and you know what some say? Well, I'd like to see Tanner McKee uh, play against better people. Well, I'd also like to see Tanner McKee play with better people. You know, I, 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 I hear people talking and saying this. Well, he's not going against the ones. Well, he's also playing with the threes. So what do you think he would do if he had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and, Andre Sw- and DeAndre Swift? You think he'd play better? Or no? Don't you think he'd play better if he had Lane Johnson and if he had Jordan Mulata? Okay? That's an interesting point. A lot of his passes were dropped yesterday. Yeah, because of what I just said to you about, that's what Tone said. And that's what I just said to you about that wide receiving room. Outside of the first two guys, they're nobodies. They're not very good. You saw it on display with all the drops. They're not good. How about if Tanner McKee played with Devontae and with A.J. Brown and Goddard? You think those guys catch almost all those drops? I do. What if he plays with better people? So, you know, there's the other side of that. Well, he's not going against the ones in Cleveland. Well, he ain't playing with the ones in Philly. So let me get this right. Tanner McKee is standing out with scrubs. Okay. Isn't he supposed to do that? Aren't you supposed to stand out if you're a better ball player with the scrubs? I don't know. Seems to make sense to me. And people are, I saw people on social media going, well, he's not playing against anybody. Well, he ain't playing with anybody. Put him in there with some good players. See what he can do. I think this guy would have had, instead of what was it, 10 of 17? He may have had 15 of 17 for 200 yards if he's playing with AJ and Devontae. 
They clearly, he moves the chains. So let me get this right. Mariota moved a better, couldn't move a better group, but Tanner McKee moved a scrub group. Who do you want? My starting running back in Philadelphia is DeAndre Swift. And my backup is Kenny Gainwell. And I'm going to use these two guys. Gainwell's going to be here. Gainwell's going to be my guy where I'm going to play mostly on first and second down. And Swift is going to be in my pass, in my pass, uh, in my pass plan, whatever that is, could be first and second down, but he's going to be in my pass package. Okay. And I need him. It's more important. Get this. It's what's more important with DeAndre Swift. Having 11 starts and missing the season or playing in 17 games and not starting one of them. What do you want them with? You make a good point. The moment McKee came in and created instant office. Yeah. With scrubs too. Tones like getting swift to January is the most important thing. I'm more thinking February, but okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't care if he doesn't start a game. Now, there's probably something in his contract. There's an incentive in there that if he starts, he gets probably $150,000. So he's probably, you're going to try to probably get him a couple starts. But to me, I don't care to start him. I might even start Kenny Gainwell and bring Swift in. I need 17 games from Swift, not 17. No, not 10 starts from him. Okay. I like how you think, Seals. February means you're in the big game. That's right, man. There's only one team in the NFL that has a great season. They're the team that wins the last football game played. The rest of them all go home. Okay? So that's how I that's my rotation. And I'll spot play um Rashad Penny. Here, I'll tell you this. You know how I'm gonna get Penny to February? By not playing him in every game. Situationally playing him against personnel groupings. And teams that he fits. He may not play one week. That's okay. I need a healthy body back there. And get this. It could be potential. You know what you get? If you got 17 games from Rashad Penny and the way I want to play him. Could be his most productive year he's ever had as an NFL player. Another guy I'm not starting. I'm not starting him, Swift. I'm starting Gainwell. If I have to, Boston. Swift is important to me. He's the more important back. Okay? A.J. Brown wide out, Devontae wide out. Um, Quez or who? I don't know. You have no number three wide out. You you have you you have a group of nobodies there. Okay. And and for an organization that kind of it matters to those wide receiver positions, not to have anybody in that. Zach Pascal would have been okay in that spot. A guy like that, not Quez. How about this? If Quez was a fighter and fought for jump balls, I'd probably be cool with him. Goddard tight end, Malata left tackle, 
Dickerson, left guard. Kelsey, obviously, center. Cam Jurgens, I got starting. He's had a good camp. Steen's right there, though. Steen's right there. And Lane, and then Jack Driscoll backing him up. Okay? That's a great, it's a great offense. That's a great offense. That running back rotation will be key. You know why? Because of your lack of ha- not having a three at wide receiver. DeAndre is your three. And I mean three in a wide receiver kind of grouping. Goddard's third in the progression of the passing game. But DeAndre Swift's going to be the alternate to the third wideout because he's better than Quez in open space. Quez Watkins is great in a straight line. DeAndre Swift is great in traffic. What do you want? I want DeAndre Swift, especially coming out of the backfield. So to me, the number three wide receiver position is a non-factor. It's more about how Swift is going to be used this year and if he's able to withstand the the workload, if he can withstand the workload, that three wide out will be covered. Okay. Here's your defense now. I got Brandon Graham starting at your left defensive end. This is a base 43. Your left defensive tackle. I got Jalen Carter starting. Jordan Davis behind him. Your right DT, I got Fletcher Cox with Milton Williams and Jordan in rotation. Milton Williams and Jordan Davis will be the rotating tackles. Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox will be your starting tackles. Those are your two most talented defensive tackles is Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox. I think it's been on display. I think it's been exhibited. I think everyone sees it. And I think everyone understands it, okay? That those are your two most talented players for your interior, okay? And uh, Fletcher had a good year last year, so to me. And I, like I said the other day, if you can get about 25 to 30 plays out of him, out of 60 defensive football plays, he's going to have a good year. So Josh Sweat will round out the front four. Sweat. Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Brandon Graham. Okay? And if Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham get close to what they did a year ago and Carter continues to improve, that could be a heck of a group. And you're not putting pressure on Jordan Davis in any way. He's a first and second down tackle. And Milton Williams, he continues to get more reps, in my opinion. Are you as talented as you were a year ago? You could be. Today, no. You but you I think your ceiling's higher. I think your ceiling's higher. Your will linebacker. I got Zach Cunningham starting here with Nicholas Murrow behind him. I think they should put uh Zach Cunningham in there. He he's a better I've seen more in two weeks than I've seen anything with Nicholas Murrow. I don't think Murrow's horrible, but Cunningham's better. He's a, he's a better football player. You see him run the ball better. He's better in contact. 
He's better in traffic. Um, I think Zach Cunningham should start at that will. Going to put Dean in there. Okay. Let the chips fall where they may. Again, like I said last night, watching him play, false steps. He, he played like a guy who hadn't played in a long time. Okay. I mean, they were completely dominated by the second group of Cleveland Brown guys. 30 plays to 12 plays, 100 yards. They ran the ball right down their throats. So they need more reps. And, and again, I'm not disappointed because he did make a punch-out play. Now, again, it was an arm tackle, and he was out of position, got his hand on the ball, made a play, good. You want people making plays. But to me, that's a Gardner-Johnson play. How many plays last year did Gardner-Johnson make out of position? 20? You got Reddick at the Sam linebacker with Nolan Smith. The problem I have with this rotation is both guys are injured. Smith probably not to the extent that people thought last night. It's good to hear, too, that he's not that banged up. So Reddick and Nolan Smith on that Sam backer. Cornerback two, I got Bradbury and Avante Maddox behind him. At strong safety, Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Brown behind him. I wouldn't mind Sidney Brown getting some free safety snaps. Reed Blankenship's a starter there with Kayvon Wallace. Okay. Sidney Brown's not ready to start in the NFL right now. He's not ready to start. Last night, he, he was all over the place. It was chaotic last night. He played chaotic. Like his hair was on fire. Again, he needs just to reel it in a little. And it was just, again, he was just a little all over the place. There was no structure to his game last night. And one more time on that. I'm not telling you here that I want to pull that back. But you got to play with controlled rage. And it was all over. And so from what we saw, not much difference from what we saw in week one to week two. Okay. Slay at CB1. Greedy Williams behind him. You know, I'll tell you this. Keely Ringo, my take on him so far, I don't know. Got a lot of work to do. I don't think he's that hot yet. He, you could see he's been well coached. But I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem like he's got a lot of, he has a lot of, what would I say? He's not very athletic in his hips. Like, he doesn't really turn very well, and he's not really he's not really great. And, you know, and it just doesn't look very athletic. Okay? Just, yeah, that's it, Brian. He's, he's stiff in the hips, and you could see it when he goes back. Okay? So, I mean... It's just, he's, it, he doesn't look very athletic. He knows what to do. But he's just, you know, his basic 
tackling instincts are a little slower than everyone else. Like when he's in there, he's slow to get to the ball in his reaction time. So can, can you improve on that? Yeah, you know how you improve on that? Keep giving them reps. Like, I would like to see him play a lot in this last preseason game. I want to put him out there a lot with Ricks. You know, and I, I want to get Sidney Brown in there a little more, too, and tell him, calm the F down. Okay? Just calm down, kid. You need to recognize shit a little bit smoother. Running to the guy to knock his head off is not how you play free and strong safety. Okay? It's not. Once you get there, you can be an Ed Reed or you can be a Brian Dawkins. Those guys, those guys pick their, those guys pick their times and pick their moments when to blow people up. Again, a lot of this is just really time. Okay. So one more time here, Brandon Graham, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat. That's your starting defensive line. Only D-line better. I don't think Dallas has a better D-line than you. I, I, I don't. Washington? Hmm. I'll tell you this. If you think about it, there's some pretty good defensive lines in the NFC East. Giants have one. Washington has one. Dallas has one. And the Eagles have one. Think about that. How many divisions in football have D lines like that that you got to get through? Okay? I mean, you got some pretty damn good defensive lines in the NFC East. You know what, too? Jalen Carter, in my here, I'm going to say this about Jalen Carter. If Fletcher is healthy all year and Jordan plays well this year and Brandon doesn't get 11 sacks but gets seven and Sweat continues to get like 11, 12 and Reddick continues, Jalen Carter might be the best defensive tackle in the NFC East by the end of the year. Would I have a problem saying that? Guy in New York is good. The guy in Washington is good. He could be in the conversation. I don't know if he'll be the best because those other two guys are experienced and all for good. Okay? NFC East got some D-lines. The linebacking core, Reddick, Zach Cunningham, and Dean. Look what you have there. For, for N'Kobe Dean, you've got Zach Cunningham and you've got Hassan Reddick on each side of him. Not horrible. Not horrible. His play's all going to be dictated by the health of Carter and Fletcher Cox, and his season will be dictated by the play of Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Fletcher Cox. If there's a rash of injuries or a string of injuries and those D tackles, Dean won't make the year because he's not big enough and he's not experienced enough. It's my only concern, but again, it's a concern that's not, not needed right now because that's not the case. 
Okay. I like Zach Cunningham. I think Zach Cunningham is their better guy. He's their best linebacker. Bradbury, Edmonds, Blankenship, and Slay. Not a bad secondary. How about this? This defense. Going back to Howie Roseman now, this defense, compared to a year ago, experience is not here, but Howie did so much damage control that did he did he plug the dikes? Did he stop the water? Did he stop what could be an avalanche? Yes. There's potential here. There's potential here. Avante Maddox, man, eventually you got to play, son. Avante Maddox, Kayvon Wallace, Sidney Brown as your backups. Are you deeper this year and less experienced this year? Probably both. Okay? You're the best football team in the NFC with this group, offensively and defensively. The other teams will talk shit, but when you look at the roster on both sides of the ball, the Eagles will start the season in 2023, the team to beat in the NFC. You're not as deep, and you're not as experienced, but your quarterback's better. Your coordinators are lesser. Your pass game will improve because of Swift. Goddard's health will improve. Also the passing game, because if he's there for 17 weeks, that improves the game. Dickerson's got another year. Mulata's got another year. Kelsey's got another year. Do you worry about father time? Yes. Jurgens and Steen, I think, can control the right guard position. They've proven they've had a really – both guys had a good camp. Lane is Lane. Will father time hit Brandon Graham and Fletcher? Maybe. Carter's ceiling is through the roof. Sweats. Sweats the most underrated player on your football team. Josh Sweat is your most underrated football player. Season's going to come down to Dean. How well he plays. Maybe Edmonds. Is Slay older? That was my takeaway from last night. We'll take a look at week two of the NFL. Some other, I'll take some of your comments too. Okay. I'll take some of your comments on what you guys saw in that exhibition thing. Again, it was sloppy, but don't go too crazy. I didn't go too crazy. I just gave you my observations on what I saw last night. All right. I heard everybody had a great time last night at Hooters, man, and King of Prussia. The place was absolutely packed. Why wouldn't it be? It's the official home of Eagle fans. And by the way, all seven locations in the Northeast area, pick one that's closest to you, northeasthooters.com. Find that location nearest to you for you to be able to go in there. Look, if you have your fantasy draft parties, this is the only place you want to go. Your exhibition football tonight, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday – 
Hooters is your place in the Northeast area. Find that location nearest you. The iconic Hooter girls are going to be serving you. How about this? Tuesdays, when you go in for the week, you buy 10 wings, you get 10 boneless free. Wings Wednesday. That has been a 40-year anniversary tradition. That's right. 40 years anniversary. That's what Hooters is celebrating this year. 40 years of being able to serve you with the iconic Hooter girls. That's right. Kids eat free on Saturdays. How about this too? Happy hours. Happy hours. There's no place like it on the planet. Six bucks, six items. Your favorite brew. Try the fried pickles. You're going to absolutely love it. Again, those seven locations, northeasthooters.com. Find that location nearest you. And you can go over to my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show. You'll see when I'll be in town at the King of Prussia Hooters with all the great events that we're going to be doing. We got a ton of stuff that we're going to be doing. And when you go into Hooters, do me a favor. Make sure you tell Big Sill sent you. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles 
do the Jets have to justify winning the Super Bowl or justify the Aaron Rodgers deal by winning the Super Bowl? Hey, and by the way, how much pressure is on Jalen Hurts to win the Super Bowl? How much pressure would you have on Jalen Hurts? If 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 the Eagles get bounced in the opening round of the playoffs, will that be a failure? Funny. Let's do something here that was last year a failure. Was last year a failure for the Eagles? Gigi goes, give us the context. No, you fill in the context. I asked you a broad question for a reason and a vague question for a reason because I want you to fill the narrative in. Gigi, I'm asking you for your narrative on how you saw last year play. No failure. No. Every team is a failure without a Super Bowl. As long as we sweep the Cowboys, I'm good. What's with the hypotheticals? It's no hypothetical. To suggest that you're going to win the Super Bowl is quite a reach. It's not what ifs. You didn't win it last year with the better roster. I asked you, if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a question. It's not a what if. If you don't win the Super Bowl this year, There's no given here. (laughs) This isn't pro wrestling. It's not rigged. If you don't win the Super Bowl, is it a failure? They're asking the question in New York, does the Jets and Rodgers have to win a Super Bowl to validate all the moves they made in the offseason and all the money they invested and draft choices they sent to Green Bay for this to work. Yes, for the Jets, and I think there's pressure on Hurts because he set the bar in 2022. We know we can get there. He has to prove he can win it. Interesting how people see this. It is so hard to win that last game. Okay. It is so hard to win that last game. You could be the best player at your position in the NFL and never make it to the postseason. Ask OJ. You can have a Hall of Fame career, never ever play a postseason game in your entire NFL career. Is that a failure career? Or is that an organizational thing? I don't think it's ever on the players. I think it's an organizational situation. Because if the Eagles fail this year, it would be because they don't have enough depth or there's a position that they're light on compared to where they were a year ago. I think organization set the table to win championships. Okay? You were so deep last year and so lucky when it came to health. 
You had 23 starters. 17 of the guys you drafted in a Super Bowl game. No team. I've never heard that stat. Your 22 that started in September started in February. Who's ever heard of that? Okay. To think that you're going to have that two years in a row is insanity. That's, if that's your bar, and get this, if that's your bar and you lost, man, doesn't that tell you that this whole thing comes down to the way the ball bounces organizationally, your quarterback play, your coaching, all of that. Your coaching and decision-making, I believe, cost you the Super Bowl. Is that Howie's fault? Howie didn't have experienced coaches to go against Andy. It was plain and simple. The one thing you didn't have last year in the Super Bowl was coaching. Am I wrong? You had the health. You had the unit. You had the depth. You had the players. You had the quarterback. Many of you think he outplayed Mahomes. What didn't you have? How he putting good coaches on the field. Doug Peterson wins that Super Bowl. All of that, what I'm getting to is, all of that is how we not tooling special teams right. Not good coaches and poor special teams. That's Howie. That's an organizational thing. If Jalen doesn't get to the Super Bowl, unless he plays poorly, he could have the best year of his career. People are going to go like this in Philly. Well, they failed. Well, not near, not really. If he continues to show progress, you see, look, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Many of you are trying to turn Jalen Hurts' career into a sprint. This is a marathon. You've got a window here of about five years to figure this thing out to get a Super Bowl and a chip. And inside of that time, if you win one, it was well worth everything that you've gone through. You're not going to win. Dude, the guys that win multiple Super Bowls, those are, those are so exceptional guys and organizations that had so many things go right. The Cowboys. And by the way, as many times as I bring up Jimmy Johnson, what's the one thing Jimmy didn't have to deal with that Howie has to deal with every year? Salary cap. Free agency. Players in today's NFL get to move around. Players back then were kind of like ball and chain to the organization that they played with. So there's there was little movement back in the day compared to what there is today. Today, it's harder to be a GM, I think, than it was back in the day. I think it's harder to be a GM today, to keep rosters together. I would even make this point to you. One of the reasons why the Dallas Cowboys fail massively every year is because Jerry's trying to do things he did in the 90s. That's not how it works, bro. Howie's a progressive general manager. He's looking... Howie's, I would make this point to you probably here right now. Howie's already probably looking at the 2025 season and what the roster's going to look like in 25. You're right. Winning a Super Bowl is extremely difficult. Winning multiples is even harder. If Hertz wins one Super Bowl in his career with Philly, 
He was well worth every dime. And the amount of equity that everyone put into watching him grow into it. Dude, enjoy the journey. If he happens to win two, phenomenal. If he wins one, he'll be the only player in Philadelphia football history to take a team from point A to point Z and win a Super Bowl. That's a legacy. So if they get to the NFC title game, and he's got the two NFC title games in two years, and he's won one of them, to me, these are resume builders. You tell me if in five years he's been to five NFC title games and he's won a Super Bowl and potentially he's won an MVP. You're not going to tell me he's not the greatest quarterback the Eagles have ever had? And saying that, I'm too hard on Jeffrey Lurie, Big Sills. No, you're not too hard on Jeffrey Lurie because your demand, Jeffrey Lurie is the guy that's got to put it all together. You're not being too hard on a guy that's won one Super Bowl in 30 years. Okay? You're not. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie is a great owner that's not getting a payoff for the things that he's doing. Actually, what, what the owner of the Eagles is doing is changing the game. You see, the guy, Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland, thought he was changing the game with guaranteed contracts. The other owners balked at it. But what, but what Howie and the owner of the Eagles are doing, they're giving the players that play well in Philly the money up front, helping them be able to keep players in, for the fifth year. Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is probably going to always have good players around him. Dak Prescott is a prime example of the past NFL. You don't really have great players around you anymore. Dak's first year starting, he had great players around him, right? Now, does he? I wouldn't call CeeDee Lamb a great wideout. I wouldn't put CeeDee Lamb in the top five. Yet, because he plays in Dallas, people call him the top five wideout? Not here. He couldn't. How about this? He couldn't crack the starting lineup at Y and Z in Philly. I don't, I, I, he'd be the three guy for sure, but he'd have less targets. I, I don't think he, I don't think CD Lamb could start in Philadelphia. Who's he beating out? Devontae? Not happening. Runs better routes, more, more disciplined routes. He's a more disciplined player. Is he better than AJ? Not close. AJ's a running truck. He's a truck. That's not happening. I think I think Devontae Smith is way better. I do too. I think he's better than Lamb. So back to the question: is there pressure on Jalen to win the Super Bowl? You're the starting quarterback of an NFL football team. That starts there. You're the starting quarterback of an NFL football team based in Philly. Dude, they look at you one way, winner, loser. There's no other way to look at you in Philadelphia. No other way to look at you. 
Okay? So, yes. One more thing, too. I'll say this. Okay? Hertz is pressure. Hertz has pressure. He does, but he knows this. The organization knows this. The heat is on. Now, let me, let me, I want to get your thoughts um, on what you saw last night from the, because I gave you my take. And I see Batman, Sills fumbled his take on Dean. Not at all. He wasn't very good last night. I don't think being run down and run over and dominated in the first quarter was a good game. Do you? The Browns second team dominated Carter, Davis, and Dean. Do you really think that punch out arm tackle, he played well and that covered the other missteps? Truly, you thought that when in fact you had the ball, they had the ball 34 plays. You had it 12. They dominated the first half. Oh, please. See, he saw a different game than what I saw. One more time, though. I saw a football player that needed more reps. Carter and Dean and Jordan Davis got knocked off the ball. Was that my morale? Was that a mirage I was watching? Was that a mirage I was watching when Cleveland's second-team O-line was knocking them off the ball and knocking them down to the goal line, and it happened to be for a turnover it stopped the series? Was that, was that a mirage? Was I watching a mirage? Dean made one play. He needs to show more. No way I'm ready to back up the Brinks truck. Good for you, Tone. I thought you'd be one of those Philly people that were sitting there because he made an arm tackle, knocked the ball out, raving how great he played. And because Sirianni's cheerleading, making it once again try to snow job the Philly media and fan base, that you would read through that, and you did. Okay? Again, no. I'm not... He did things that normal players who don't see reps... He did exactly what I thought he would. Okay. So Arthur goes, Dean balled. How could somebody say that the Eagles balled out when Cleveland ran the ball down their throat? They own time of possession, the amount of plays. They had 100 yards in 30 plays in the first half, or excuse me, in the first quarter. How how do you how do you, how is that where you thought they played well? What three and outs did you see? And that was the the Browns didn't start one guy. The second group ran you over. You didn't even beat the second team. And Carter and Dean and Davis started. They ran them over. That's not a mirage. That's right. Cognac. He just needs to play more. 
You know, when, you, when you're sitting here and you watch him do this and he false steps to his left and he goes back into the play, that's a minus. Even if he's chasing down and makes the play, that's a minus. Your false step, because against starters, that's you'll be beat, not against twos and threes. <clears throat> the defense struggled last night. Louisville goes, the defense is going to struggle this year. McKee was legit. And again, I made the point to you about him. Um, you know, people go like this. Well, I like to see him play against better people. Well, I like to see him play, play with better people. Ian Book and Mariota need to be cut. I wouldn't cut Mariota. Okay. Joseph, they didn't play a starter. You had three in the triangle starting last night. Your entire triangle is your starting triangle in many ways. With Carter, Davis, and Dean. And they got knocked off the ball. Hey, Brian, play calling was vanilla? That's a sham then. If you're telling me that the Browns didn't run anything and they still kicked the shit out of you, knocking you off the ball, Houston, you got a problem. So they didn't run anything exotic, but just smash mouth ball. Okay. Go back and look at the play sequences. 30 plays to 12? 100 yards in the first quarter? And that was with those guys in there. That's how it played out. They got knocked off the ball. But, Duel, you shouldn't be surprised. It's a lot of inexperience. All I'm, hey, by the way, Duel, I'm not discouraged. They just need to play more. Here's the perfect point that Tone hears me say every day and everyone else says. This is going to take some time. Okay? This is not going to be instant. You're going to see big plays given up. Now, with Reddick out there, Slay, and Bradbury, Reddick and Josh Sweat, of course that's going to look better. Of course it's going to look better. And I think Zach Cunningham's got to start at the will. I would start Cunningham. I, I would start Cunningham at the will. Yeah, I'd 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 start him at the will. We're complaining about second and third stringers. Hey, five star, those second and third stringers for the Browns knocked your first team guys on their ass. Complaining? No, I observed it. I know people go like that. See. They see one arm tackle. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the morning host on WPHT, who I know, tweeted at me. He goes, I'm just giving you some SH, you know what, Dean with the play. And I'm like, yep, thank God. Stuck his hand in there. After overrunning the fit, Eagles want to skip the growing pains and crown Dean. In order for a square to become a king, squire to become king, he has to go through a few wars to gain the respect of his people. Look, I think that's the beginning of the process. That's right. Hey, hey, Josh, I'm with you, 100%. That's another great one, Cognac. Inexperience won the day. Yes. Inexperience... I'd rather, hey, Cognac, I'd rather hear this. Well, they're just really inexperienced than this. Man, they have no talent. Well, who would you rather be? And the Eagles are not the ones with no talent. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be uh, the team that says, man, we just need more experience here, man. We we just got to get these guys more reps. Or this one, man, we have no talent. Like the Houston Texans. We have have limited talent here, man. I don't want to be in that room. I want to be in this. We just need more plays. That's right, Brian. Brian, when you get the experience, you might be better than a year ago. But this is going to take time. This is not going to be an overnight deal here. Okay? It's just not. That's why games like New England are important. I'd rather have talent and have to figure out than be on a team with no direction or talent. That's exactly been my off-season point. That has been absolutely my off-season point. Brian goes, so you're telling me we're not going to win the Super Bowl. No. So let me hear it. Let me ask you this. So last year when Kansas City lost their two corners and Honey Badger, and they had to figure it out with rookies, a rookie pass rusher and two rookie corners. 
do you think at the beginning of the year when they dropped the game to the Colts, people were going, what's wrong with Kansas City? Or do you think they were trying to figure it out? Because at the beginning of the year in September, they were clearly not the team that beat the Eagles in February. That's what I'm telling you. Hang in there. It's a process. How in the world does Patrick Mahomes drop a game to Matt Ryan and the Colts last year? How do they drop a game like that? Well, because their defense had lost a ton of shit on the other side and the cornerback play wasn't good enough. They figured it out. Spagnola figured it out. And as the year went on, they got better. They got better. They figured new schemes out. And they were able to stop people. That's what this is. See, I think you think I come on here and bash you and the Eagles every day. I'm telling you what they have to work on. I'm telling you that your first eight games are going to look completely different, barring injury, than your last nine games. It's going to be completely different because your team's going to – hey, by the midway point, Carter's is – he's a veteran. I mean, you got 10 games under your belt plus preseason? Dude, you you know, you're, you're getting there. You just need to keep doing it. Okay? Kansas City lost to the Colts, who you beat. They lost to the Colts. Pretty good, too. Because they couldn't figure it out. Damn. Our defense isn't good enough. Had nothing to do with Mahomes. As great as Mahomes was, he lost to the Colts. And they won 14 games. But they, they lost that in the first four games of the year. How's that happen? Well, better watch out for New England. This is what I've been telling you about New England. Why that game is significant. The Patriots have great coaching, a great defense, a very good O-line, and a talented backfield. A quarterback who they're going to rein in and try to get games in the fourth quarter and out-coach you with O'Brien and Belichick. That's formidable. On the road, too. Not at Lincoln Financial. Dude, I would give you this. If it's at Lincoln Financial in the opening week, I'm a little more relaxed. On the road, Brady night with those coaches, and they have the formula to beat you. They can run the ball at you. I saw a second-team Browns team knock your guys' dicks into the dirt last night. Okay? Don't let that continue to go on. They need more reps. Okay? I mean, this is going to take time. I mean, if Brady's on that Patriot team, you're not beating him. You're not beating him. Mac Jones on that team, you're beating him. If you do it right. Sal Sills, who are your starting safeties? Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship are my starting safeties. 
with Kayvon Wallace and Sidney Brown as backups. Brown's not ready to start. Not anywhere close to starting yet. He's not ready. He, he still runs with his hair on fire. Um, they'll take advantage of him. You know, he's, it's just too chaotic right now. It's a little too chaotic. Um, Patriots O-line is a mess right now with three starters who haven't had a snap yet this summer. I don't know, Paul. Since when has the um, Eagles guys started down in the preseason? I haven't seen them. Organized team practices? Okay. They're not getting a ton of reps. The Patriots will be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes? Highly doubtful. Highly doubtful. Dude, they had a top 10 defense last year in National Football League. They got a back that's better than anything you have in the backfield. Okay? They got a good football team. They got two edge rushers that are compatible with yours. You're out of your minds. They're a good team. They could stop the run. Their linebackers are better. And they got Belichick. You're better. You are better. Okay? You are better. Who's better on your team than Stevenson? Do you have a back on your football team that's done anything what that guy's done? Do you? The answer is no. Matthew Judon can play. He was in the conversation for the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, too, along with Reddick. He can play. And the other guy who has 11 is not bad. Swift has never done anything near what Stevenson has done. Stevenson had 60 catches last year for almost 500 yards receiving and 1,000 rushing. He's never done anything near that. Just because you don't know the last name doesn't mean he's not a good player. For a lot of rookies, the game is moving too fast still. Well, I'd rather have Sidney Brown running around with his hair on fire than slow playing it. And what I mean by slow playing it, like last night you saw Dean slow playing a lot of plays because of those poor steps that he had. Even the play that he made knocking the ball out, he was out of position on the run fit. He reached in and grabbed because he overran the play. That was an improper run fit that he made a play on. Good. It saved it because if he doesn't make that play, that guy goes down the field on him because he overran it. That's a fact. Watch the film. I did twice. I think Zeke is going to be used more for third down back blocking and picking up blitzes. To that point, I would say, that's what I would say that if you're looking at, um, it was a goal line like he knifed in. No, you mean he ran around a block. That's what he did. He ran around the block. Watch it. All you have to do is watch the film. 
It's not that difficult. You can go back and watch these games, folks. Go back and watch it. It's not hard. You don't have to be a superstar expert. You just don't have to be blinded. Go back and watch it. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not debating someone who's never played inside the trenches like that. I'm not debating that. Um, Pete goes, Sidney Brown will figure it out, but December by December. Um, Pete, I think he's gonna probably figure it out by the end. Yeah, by the I would think he could figure it out by the beginning of November. He just needs to slow the game down a little bit. Okay? Playing with his hair on fire, and he's chaotic, and it's kind of all over the joint. And I'm not, I'm not down on him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down on him. Okay, not at all. As a matter of fact, I think he's shown a lot. I, th- I, I do. I th- the Eagles are not trying to tackle, trying to knock the ball out. Um. Well, that's how you get run over, which they did. The Eagles were run over. I don't, you know, that guy, Elliot Spitzer, Shore, Paulie, whatever. He, bullface lies in the game he sees. I don't know how you don't go like this. The Browns had the ball for 30 plays. The Eagles had the ball for 12. The Browns ran the ball or had 100 yards in offense. The Eagles had 36. I'm not sure what you're watching. It's very simple. I'm really not sure what you're watching. So when you say that to me, you show ignorance. The time of possession even doesn't help your argument. When a team controls a 13-play drive in the opening drive, with your starters versus their twos and threes. I'm not sure what you're looking at. If you're seeing a mirage, then I can't help you here. Okay. Time of possession. That's right, Brian. Time of possession, field position. Two most significant things that win football games. And, of course, not turning the football over. Which, by the way, is a formula that the Eagles dominated teams with a year ago. Don't turn the ball over. Time of possession and field position. Those 13 play drives they went on to open games. Then their defense getting a... Dude, do you know what the most crippling thing that the Eagles did a year ago? There were some significant things. And here was the identity of the Eagles a year ago. They were constantly in third and short. They would open games out most likely between an 8 to 10 to 12 play drive. Then they would immediately turn around on defense and get a three and out. And then right then, you're behind the sticks if you're the opposing team. Then you're playing constantly behind the sticks because you can't catch up with that because once they get the ball back, they go in another seven-play drive. How many? Do, do you know what was really the coolest thing? Tony, I, I don't know if you witnessed this as well. How many series did teams get against the Eagles last year? in games, in a 60-minute game, six tops. I remember games against the Eagles where team had the ball three times in the first half and maybe four in the second half. 
I mean, you're going to get between six to seven series when you play a team that puts 10 play drives on you. And then all of a sudden you get three and outs on the other side. All you need is four three and outs on the other side. You limit a team to seven, seven series. You're going to win those games. They were constantly third and short. They were limiting. You're limiting players. And, and that's what they couldn't do in the Super Bowl in the second half. They couldn't limit the touches that Mahomes had in the second half. That's kind of what played itself out a little bit. I want to take a look at week two of the NFL. Philly Godfather is going to join us at 5.30 Eastern time. We're going to get his thoughts here. Don't forget, folks, our great friends at Hooters are celebrating their 40th anniversary, and we are so proud to be with them. I cannot wait to get to the King of Prussia Hooters, where we're going to be doing so many great events this year. By the way, all seven locations in the Northeast area, all you do is go to northeasthooters.com to find one of the seven locations nearest you. For you to be able to experience this fall, what I've been talking about, your fantasy draft parties, this is where you want to go. Exhibition football, I heard it was absolutely over the charts last night. Tonight, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, this is the places you want to go to have yourself a great time and get some of the great food that I've been talking about now for over 40 years myself. The daily specials Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless on Wing Wednesdays, this is a 40-year anniversary tradition. All you can eat for 1983, six items, your favorite drafts, put them together with your fried pickles, your steamers, your great sandwiches. Your burgers are special when you go to Hooters as well. Absolutely awesome. The iconic Hooter girls are there to serve you too. Again, northeasthooters.com to find that location nearest you. And we are going to be at the King of Prussia all year long, each and every single month, Waiting for you and having a great time as we get ready for we're, Hey, by the way, we're going to be doing tailgate parties. How's that? So we're going to be inviting you to tailgate parties as well. That's northeasthooters.com. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. 
And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. rather have as a starting quarterback right now in Philadelphia Marcus Mariota Nick Foles Tanner McKee or Matt Ryan (coughs) or other who would you rather have as your starting quarterback I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Backup. Backup. Excuse me. Backup. Excuse me. Backup. Backup quarterback. Excuse me. <laughs> Can I choose Jesus? <laughs> he might be my starter. I think even Jalen might, might uh, take a knee on that one. Foles, other. Matt Ryan sucks. He beat Mahomes last year. Did Jalen? Marcus Mariota, Nick Foles, Tanner McKee, Matt Ryan. Or dare I say it, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz would be a good backup here, but it's too much emotion. Imagine that. The right guy for the job is Wentz to be your backup, but can't happen. It's too toxic. You're inviting drama into your locker room you don't need and I get it and you're right you're right you're right I agree Chris there's no way the drama there's too much drama there it's be be a self-inflicted wound that you don't need so that means you're going to take the lesser player so you're going to take the lesser player right that's what you're planning on doing because your ego and your Hatred for Wentz is too strong. You'll take the lesser player. Is that what you're telling me? Look at the conflict you're in. You won't take the better player 
because you have too much emotion towards it. Instead of doing the right thing by putting the better player behind Hurts, you can't because there's too much trauma. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. Mr. International goes, you don't want Wentz. Well, he's the best option of any of these guys. And don't tell me that he's played bad. He hasn't. Look at his numbers. He had a great year in Indianapolis. And compared to these guys, he's better than anything on this list. And by the way, you don't have many options here. Or you go back to what I said. You take guys that are going to be cut. These guys. Those are your only options here. Or no, no team is going to trade a good backup quarterback away. 32 teams, no one wants him. That's not the case, dude. Why would he sign now? Why in the world would Carson Wentz sign right now? I'm sure there's teams knocking on his door. Why should he sign? Wait for someone to panic. Wait for an injury. Why would he sign? Do what Dalvin Cook did. He waited until the market went up, and it did. The market went up from $5 million. He got eight. Added an additional $3 million to it. And the Jets wanted him bad enough, and they, both, they gave him more money. That's exactly what they did. Why wouldn't Wentz do that? Hey, I'm not saying it. He's the better option, but he can't because of your hatred for him. And you'll take the lesser player. Right? So you would take Tanner McKee over Carson Wentz. You would take Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Once again. Funny. So you stick with the lesser player. If Wentz didn't come with the baggage, I wouldn't mind. That's my position. I don't need that in my locker room. And I'm with you on it. You're right. You're not wrong. But see sometimes how that thing gets clouded where you can't really go after the guy who is the right guy because of other circumstances. You can't sign Wentz because of one thing. And again, he's not the starter. No one, and you know what? Jalen Hurts wouldn't mind it. Because Jalen's just about winning. He don't care. Dude, he doesn't care. However, it would create bullshit. Bigger bullshit than what Patricia's so-called hiring kind of kicked up. I agree. I understand. Hey, Dan, be safe with the hurricane coming your way. Thank you, Louisville. I appreciate it. I know. It's kind of why our internet's going in and out a bit. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I completely agree. Hertz cares about Hertz cares about the culture. He does. This, we're talking about a backup here, an emergency QB. That's all we're talking about here. 
can't hire him though, can you? Uh, again, what other? What's a better option for your backup position right now? What do you think is a better? What What do you? What would you consider? Let me say this to you: What's a better option to you right now? Better than Wentz at quarterback for your backup? I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Tony, I'd like to hear yours. Who do you think is a better option than Carson Wentz as your backup quarterback? I can't wait to hear these names. Foles or Ryan? Matt Ryan. So you think Matt Ryan's a better option than Carson Wentz? He was also fired in Indianapolis by Jim Mersey. From a pure talent perspective, there's no better option. Unfortunately, the Eagles can't do what's best for the team here because what's best for the team and the most important thing to the team is the culture of the team. There's where, again, the Eagles do the right thing. They'd rather lose a game in the regular season with a shitty backup, get Hurts back to health, than do the right thing here and damage the culture of the locker room that they've worked so hard to get back to where it is now. And I 100% agree with it. Hunley or Brown? Dude, that means you got to trade something. No no team's going to trade a good backup right now. Okay? Phillip Rivers? Brian, right? I got you laughing. Isn't it funny? Be back to getting Gardner Minshew in there. You can't have a backup. You can't have a you, you, you can't have a quarterback that's a drop back guy in an RPO system. David, I don't miss the show, Dan. Love it. Keep it up. Dan is just keeping it. It above. Thank you. Good or hey man, David, thank you. I tried to do my best. Hey, Matt Ryan's a Philly guy. I didn't know that. I thought he was born in Jersey. I didn't know he was a Philly dude. I thought he was a New Jersey guy, somewhere up near Jersey. I thought he was like, I thought he, I always thought he was a New Jersey guy. I knew he went to BC. Hey, Nick, wouldn't that be great? Brady comes in. Penn, okay, Penn Charter, all right. So he went to a Jesuit school, huh? I didn't know that. I thought he was a, I thought he was a New Jersey guy. I know he went to BC. And see, Chris, that's what I probably think you're going to end up having to do. You're probably going to have to roll with Mariota because you know why? As good as Tanner McKee has played, he doesn't fit what they do and what they're trying to do. Get me? He's the best. Get this. As bad as Mariota's played, I think it shows you how hard it is to do that RPO system because he's never looked this bad. That shows you how hard it is what Jalen does. Hey, get this. Think about this, guys. Tone, everyone. Finding a backup quarterback for Jalen Hurts 
will be an ongoing issue with this organization because what Jalen Hurts does is almost impossible the way he runs that RPO. You're not going to find a backup. I'm going to make a comparison to you here. You know who the hardest quarterbacks in the NFL are to find backups to? Who do you think the hardest quarterback there is to find a backup to? What's the hardest quarterback to find a backup to? That kid, hey, hey, name, they may cut that kid you saw last night. That kid Robinson, they may, hey, they may cut that kid. I'm good with him. I'm good with him. Tone says dual threat. Toughest quarterback on the planet to find a backup quarterback to is a left-handed quarterback. How many great left-handed quarterbacks have there been in pro football? Young, Stabler, Vic, Tua. How many left-handed quarterbacks are in the NFL right now? Takeem, Robinson is fourth on the depth chart right now. He's fourth. He's fourth on the Browns' depth chart. Two is the only left-handed quarterback starting in the NFL. Why is that impossible? Well, because he's left-handed. Your right tackle is your blindside guy. Your left tackle is your frontside run-blocking guy. Well, if you get a right-handed backup, your entire offense has to be flipped. That's a different technique, playing left tackle to right tackle. Your entire offense in your routes, the way the ball spins, the way you do everything is inside out. That's why you never see left-handed backups or you never see left-handed left-handed starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Teams would don't want to they you have to rebuild your entire football team. Bernie Kozar was not left-handed. I played with him in college. Um, that's why you don't see a lot of lefties. Entire offense is inside out. Those are the toughest. The dual threat guy, it's going to be impossible to find a backup. So you might want to just run with Mariota. Matt Ryan doesn't fit. Philip Rivers doesn't fit. Mariota. Okay. You guys have to go into NFL history. There's one guy today. There's one guy. You're talking about the 100 years of the league. Do you think teams would avoid drafting a left-handed quarterback and prefer a draft? the lesser talent at quarterback because he's right-handed? Absolutely. Absolutely. How many left-handed quarterbacks you see get drafted every year? If you do, you see them in late rounds. You don't see them in first rounds. 
Tua's like the highest drafted left-handed quarterback I've seen in a bit since Vic. Stabler's in the 60s. Power Hour number three. Philly Godfather will join us at 5.30. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Thanks, Hill. National Football Show. Appreciate y'all coming aboard. Thank you. Please hit the like button. My boy, Philly, or the Philly Godfather, will be with us at 5.30 Eastern time. We'll get into the games tonight and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And look at the last exhibition game. What does it mean? You're probably going to look. You're looking for the last three guys on your roster, probably. Okay. Um, Just again, a recap, because I know many people come in and out, and we're 
talking a little bit about last night's Browns game. Don't go too crazy with what you saw with that sloppy football last night. Um, there was a definite, it seemed to me again, that it was just part of a controlled scrimmage. That game was kind of like a controlled scrimmage last night, but in the confines of a football game. And it looked to me like a scrimmage. So you can't go too psycho in it. You know what I'm saying? You can't. But what you do is you observe what you saw last night. I like the fact that they were trying to get reps for Carter and Dean and Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis needs a ton of reps. He just does not look the part yet. He does not look like a dominating player. Okay? He just doesn't show being dominant yet. Okay? I mean... I haven't seen it. I saw a little bit last year, but I don't see a dominant football player. When I, when I look at Jordan Davis, I see a good player. I see an athletic player, but I don't see a dominant player. Fletcher Cox is a dominant player. Okay. He's a dominant guy, even at 32, 33. Okay. He's, he's a dominant football player. When, when Fletcher's on the field and you're an OG or you're a center or tackle, you know he's on the field. When, when Jordan Davis is on the field, he's got one pass rush move. He's not real skilled. He's not technically skilled. Okay? He, he's a big kid. He moves well for his size. But boy, I'll tell you, it seems to be a better promotional poster than the actual movie. You know, sometimes you see really great promotions for a movie and then you go watch the movie and you're like, man, I don't know. It's kind of what I see. Okay. He's just not a dominant player. One pass rush move. It's a decent bull rush. But the OG wins that. Okay. Armstrong goes, do you feel any different about Dean? I'll get to it here in a minute. Jalen Carter just needs the reps. Continue to throw. He wasn't very good last night. They got knocked off the football. Both him him and Davis got knocked off the ball by the Browns. I mean, they were dominated. Um, But it's okay. They got some reps. The Browns second team guys did a job on them. Um, I gave you the numbers already. Browns had 30 plays. The Eagles had 12. The Browns had 100 yards in offense in the first quarter. And they knocked that front triangle off and on their heels. The entire group, Dean, Davis, and Carter, were knocked on their heels. I mean, all you got to do is watch it. Look at the time of possession. Look at the amount of plays that were run. 
Look at the first drive. There were 13 plays. Run right down their throat. I don't know. Unless some of you were watching the Mirage. The punch-out ta- punch tackle on the fumble doesn't mean he played well. The run defense was not very good. And again, for Dean, ton of false steps. Again, is, he showed me a lot of signs of people who haven't played. The false step to the left, then he was chasing. He chased down every play he made because he had a false step. You're not going to do that against starting offensive linemen and good coordinators and quarterbacks. Those were second and third team Browns guys. Okay? I mean, give him more reps. Get him in there. Get him more as many reps as possible. He needs reps. I'm not saying he's bad. He just needs reps. That punch-out arm tackle on the goal line after getting run over doesn't mean he played well. It means he had a play in a series where they got knocked on their backs. I'm not sure what people in Philly are watching. That's why we drafted him. Why? So the Browns could take their second and third team O-linemen and run the ball right down your throat? I'm not sure what they're watching because the guys in front of Dean are at times going to be starters. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay? I mean, this again goes to like the Eagles controlling the media. That's not what that was last night. You were watching a completely different ball game. If you listen to the Philadelphia media, that's not what I saw. When it comes to Dean, it's the same logic with Gardner Johnson. Just because he forced a turnover doesn't mean he actually played well. That's right. How many times was CJ out of position last year in run fits? Almost every time. Give Dean time, Eagle fans. There's some flat. Yes, yes, yes. Some flash. Yes, all of that. Tone, I'm with you. He just needs reps. Let him get in there. Let him cook it up a bit. See if he can handle the workload, too. We don't know that yet. See if he can handle it. Um, listen, see, what you guys thought was going to happen, and Tone, you know this. This is what Eagle fans thought. He was just going to walk into T.J. Edwards' shoes and into his cleats, and he just thought this was going to be a seamless transition. There's nothing seamless about replacing a guy with 160 tackles. There's nothing seamless about replacing a guy with 11 sacks and 60 tackles and Javon Hargrave. There's nothing seamless about that. Okay? The coaches think he can, Batman? We're going to find out because of what I saw last night, he got knocked on his ass. Okay? See, somebody will actually in here tell you that he played well last night. He did not. Against twos and threes, he got knocked off the ball. That's not what was happening. I can't believe some of the people that cover that team and lie out loud like that. I cannot believe that. All you had to do is tune the tape on and then look at the numbers. One team had the ball... Three to one. What does that mean? That's dominating you. How could you have the ball on offense 
three to one. And tell me you think your defense played well. How? Marcus Mariota, man, we've been talking about it here. Um, he's terrible, but he's probably the best. Op- hey, he's probably the best option that's out there now in the market. So I think you're going to have to go with him. You know why? As I said in the last hour, I think replacing and finding a backup quarterback is going to be one of the more difficult things that Howie has to do. Okay. It's, I think finding the backup for Jalen is going to be almost impossible. I think the Baltimore Ravens got the perfect guy. I think Tyler Hundley is one of the most important players on the Baltimore Ravens team. They wouldn't give him up for anything, I think, other than a second-round draft choice. Second or first. That's how important I think that guy is to the Ravens. He's an important part of that roster. You ain't getting rid of his ass. Okay. I and but, but again, I don't think it's going to be that easy finding a backup for Jalen. Finding Jalen is impossible. What would make you think you can find another Jalen? Think about that, right, guys? Finding Jalen's pretty remarkable. Guy who can run and throw. You think you're going to find another guy like that that's going to play like that, and you're going to feel you'll. Ne- How about this? Everybody in Philadelphia will never feel comfortable with the backup quarterback. You're going to have to learn to live with a guy that he's not out there. He's not in the NFL. The backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts is not in the league right now. He's in college somewhere. So when everyone goes, Mariota sucks, you're not wrong. Well, who are you putting in his place? Tanner McKee is Gardner Minshew. In that offense, are you going to run the same offense with Tanner or are you going to change the offense completely up when he gets in there? He's a project. He's not the backup. You can't, there is not another Jalen Hurts in the NFL. And yet I hear Philadelphia people either on the radio shows or on social media going, we need another backup. He doesn't exist. He's not out there. That's why Mariota's the option. Malik Willis. Really think Malik Willis is going to be a better option than Mariota? Or do you think it's the same thing? You guys think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be a absolutely impossible task for Howie to find a backup to that guy. He ain't out there. That's why Mariota's your backup. I'm out of options here, Sills. Neil, no, you're not. You're going with Mariota. That's the closest thing you're going to get to someone that can win for you. Who else? Look, you want Carson Wentz? No. You want Matt Ryan? Gardner Minshew. Phillip Rivers? Gardner Minshew. Who else? Nick Foles? 
I know you guys like to be nostalgia at times. Not happening. Or do you wait for guys to get cut? Foles. Dude, really? Good night. I love Eagle fans and the fact they love their players, but he ain't it. Dallas is probably not going to cut Will Greer. Maybe Baltimore cuts Anthony Brown. Dorian Thompson Robinson is listed fourth on the depth chart in Cleveland. I don't think he's bad. Those are your options. See what I'm saying? Finding Jalen Hurts' backup, he's not out there. With Teddy Brown... We were saying Teddy Bridgewater made sense a month and a half ago. They didn't want to do it. Okay? Okay. The Saints are not giving up on Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's the backup to Derek Carr in case Carr goes down. Everyone has a quality backup quarterback. And the problem with the Eagles, they have a one-of player. It's one thing to have a drop-back quarterback in your building where you can get another drop-back quarterback like Matt Ryan to back him up or Joe Flacco. It's another thing that has a decision-making guy who's a built-in offensive coordinator. You're going to find that out there? Where? Those guys don't exist. Because there's not, there's one of. He's a one of. Tyler Hundley's probably the closest to being Jalen Hurts' backup. But they're not getting rid of him. That guy almost won a playoff game against the Bengals last year. You think Baltimore would move off him? You'd have to give up a one for him. They would never move him. He's a security blanket for Lamar. Never happened. Um, Nolan Smith. I thought he played better. Thought he was better. Runs around well, shows athleticism out there, runs in good spacing. He has good pursuit angles, not a lot of false steps, kind of was a little bit calmer this week compared to last week. So again, what does that tell me? Keep playing them. Keep getting them out there. Keep getting them reps. It'll it'll come to them. You just keep need, keep feeding them. Keep throwing them out there. Keep throwing them out there. Brandon goes, Hunley isn't worth the one. He's a backup quarterback. You're overestimating his value. You really think they are in Baltimore after they had the Bengals on the ropes and they almost beat him in the playoffs with him? I do not believe that. Tyler Hunley could start in 60% of the NFL teams in this league. Okay? And for the record, <clears throat> I think the Jets are higher on Zach Wilson now. He's shown me the last two weeks. He's getting it. He looks better, okay? He might not be the third pick, but it's better. And the Jets have to be encouraged. If you're Joe Douglas, 
You're encouraged. You're encouraged with what you're seeing with Zach. If you're John Lynch, you're discouraged. And if you're John Lynch, the GM of the Niners, you got to make that thing work somehow. You can't dump him. There's no value even in dumping him because there's a cap hit. You, you, you have to make that work. Brandon goes, Hundley's a horrible passer, and yet he almost won a playoff game against the Bengals. You're missing the point. You're missing the entire point. When you have a security blanket like that, it is so important to have people like that behind them. And that's been a really big conversation when it comes to Philadelphia. And my guy, Philly Godfather, who joins us each and every single Friday at 5.30, steps in with us now. How you doing, brother? Living it up out here in Las Vegas at the Encore. Having a blast, man. What would you do if you're the Eagles at your backup position? You talking about the quarterback? Yeah. I mean, Mario is bad. I mean, he's, I think he's shot. They got to go find someone real quick because, you know, uh, Jalen Hurt missed a couple games last season, and uh, if that happens again this year, yeah, especially with the Cowboys being as good as they are, and if it's a tight race, you got to go find someone very, very quickly. I would say this to you, too. Um, if you don't have – hey, how about this one here? We've been talking – would you ever consider bringing Wentz in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but wait a minute. What are the options? Here, Nick Foles. Here, I'll ask you this question. I asked um, D. Gunn and, Derek, uh, and um, Barrett Brooks yesterday this question. Who would you rather have as an option? Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, or Nick Foles as your backup quarterback? I still think Wentz can play. It's just all that baggage, all that luggage you're bringing with them. That's going to cause a lot of problems. And if Jalen Hurts starts out slow or something, you never know what happens. It's the NFL. If he tweaks an ankle and he can't play at an optimum level, and then, you know, the fans start screaming for Wentz because there's still a lot of Wentz fans out there, it could be a major, major distraction for this team. You're out in Vegas now. What are the sports books thinking on the teams? This is what Jim Nance, and he's picking the Buffalo Bills versus the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. He that That's his prediction. I know you got the Cowboys um, as your team coming out of the NFC. Why this year for the Cowboys do you believe that this is the year that they get this thing right? Well, it was a magical year for the Eagles last year, as we've talked about in the past. And they had to be the best at almost everything to get to the Super Bowl, not even win it, to get there and lose. And as we've mentioned in the past, they miss, they're missing so many guys on the defensive side of the ball that are hard to replace. It's hard to come back and match those stats they had from last year. And they were the third healthiest team in the league last year. And that's hard to stay healthy. It's a league where it's very difficult to stay healthy. On the Cowboys' side, they added Gilmore, uh, shutdown corner, Brandon Cooks, 
Uh, I think Dak's going to be a lot better this year. Their offensive line was a little banged up last year, and they only let up 27 sacks on the season, which was 17 less than the Eagles' offensive line last year. So think about how good that offensive line is. Their defensive line, I think they had the fourth most amount of sacks in the league last year, and they were banged up. Uh, they bring in Ma, uh, the kid from Michigan who's a great run stopper. He's a big kid. So their defensive line got better. I don't think the Eagles got better. I think they got a little worse. And I think the Cowboys got a lot better. And um, that's why I think the Cowboys are the team to beat in the NFC East. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That'll play well. <laughs> Who do you believe has better season this year, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? I think Lamar Jackson. Why? They brought in that offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> – uh, yeah, he was banged up. Lamar was banged up last year, missed a bunch of games. And this uh, Ravens team is going to surprise a lot of people. They're at 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're playing in a real tough division, but I think Lamar bounces back. I think Harbaugh has his team back on track. And I think Lamar Jackson, I think he's over and under in touchdown passes right at 25. I think he goes over. I, th I think he throws about 30 touchdown passes. 30 TD. He threw 36 one year and led the NFL. Let me ask you about that, too, because you put all these numbers together and you put point spreads together, prop bets. How much due diligence and how much studying and research go into putting up all these prop bets before you put these lines out? I can't think you just do this, right? You're just not going to go out there and go, well, I'm going to put two and a half on this game here. Just because for shits and giggles, you're putting two and a half. Between you and the sports books, I know I, I used to work with the MGM Grand a lot. I worked with the Rio a lot and all them guys out in Vegas, and it was always great working with their sports books. And their sports and their sports book director, he had a bunch of st statisticians that did all that. How much goes actually into putting these lines out? I mean, we, we football season, we're studying 16-hour days. We're having 16-hour days just reading every metric, every analytic. Uh, we're looking at what happened last year. Was that offensive line banged up? Uh, is that why maybe the quarterback underperformed? Uh, we look at everything you can look at from the from the offensive production numbers to the offensive drive pace numbers. Uh, I mean, you name it. And we look at the injuries, who was banged up, who wasn't banged up, and uh, we come out with an educated guess. And we think our you know we think our numbers and our prices are better than the bookmakers, and we fire into the market. Do you talk to other sports book directors, like say in Atlantic City and in? Um, Vegas to get their sense of where they're going with their lines? Or is it something that everybody has their own in-house deal? I really don't care what their opinion is, to tell, you, to tell you the truth. I mean, I really don't. I look at the price. If I like the price, I fire on the price. I like to know what the public's on a little bit. Um, but they win 50% of the time. It's the Vic that eats up the public because they don't do their research. They don't study, you know, on these games. They just wake up on Sunday or Saturday in college football and they remember what happened last which is recency bias. And they said, okay, I'm going to bet the Eagles this week. They blew out the team last week, but they won't realize, you know, a couple guys on the offensive line got banged up. Maybe the wide receiver's a little hurt. Uh, maybe the quarterback twerked something. And uh, each and every week, it's a different week in the NFL. I mean, the level of talent in the NFL, I mean, a guy runs a 4-3, another guy runs a 4-5. It's a blink of an eye. You know, so if the guy who's running a 4-3 is a little banged up, well, now it's an even ball game. You know, so things change so dramatically from a week-to-week -week standpoint that you really got to pay attention on, about everything that's going on in the league. Couple over-unders for you. Darius Slay, over-under three-and-a-half interceptions. 
Yeah, three last year. I say over. You think he has a better year this year? Yes. Okay, here's another one. Well, let me put it this way. He has to have a better year. <laughs> 14 million reasons, right? <laughs> He's going to have to have a better year because that whole middle of that defense, there's a big hole in there. And I don't think Dean's making it. I mean, I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, they brought in a couple guys from Cleveland, but I, I just don't I don't like what I'm seeing on that defensive side of the ball. This is what I said about Nicobe Dean last night, and he had a punch-out um, arm tackle. And for me, he had false steps last night. He looked like a guy that hadn't played. And the second and third team, Brown's offensive lineman ran the ball right down their throat, and they had Jordan Davis – and Jalen Carter in front of him. So, I mean, for anyone, the Browns had the ball 30 plays compared to 12 plays. Um, time of possession, it was three to one as well. So, again, I mean, I think I think this is going to be a longer – I think this is going to be a longer putt than what people are, are thinking, that that defense is going to – it's going to struggle, I think, early on in the season. And that's why I look at that New England game and I'm telling you, man, that New England game, I'm almost ready to put some money on the Patriots on there on the number because, hey, if the number keeps growing like that, and I keep looking at what I'm seeing on defense, I think there's going to be, I think that game's a fourth quarter football game as of right now because I say this, Godfather, I, I, I think the, I think the Eagles have a great offense, but I do not believe that that defense is mature enough to really play in the NFL yet. Well, as great as that Eagles offense was last year, they had issues against teams with uh, great pass rushes. I mean, they, like I said before, they split with Washington. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys. Uh, the Colts, they beat the Colts by a point, And you know how bad the Colts were. So they struggled against teams that were ranked in the top 10 in sack percentage. And New England last year was, I think they were ranked sixth in that metric. And they got a new offensive coordinator, so you expect their offense to be better. They got a great yeah, Bill Belichick's a great uh, defensive mind. Uh, you know, if, if they hang around going into the fourth quarter, you know, you grab them five points, whatever the spread is right now, four and a half, five, it could be a field goal game. You're in the enemy territory up there in Foxborough. It's always a tough place to play. I'm not saying that the Eagles will not win that game, but five and a half points, I don't know, man. I mean, New England, Brady Knight, your defense isn't ready to rock. I mean, it seems like an inviting number to go. Hassan well, Reddick. Yeah, I was going to say, if you are going to bet it, I would wait because yeah. the Eagles have become such a public team that line might keep going up, 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 and you end up getting a better price. So I would wait, you know, as long as possible. But the, uh, Is that what you do? What, what, what's, what's the cutoff point for people who want to put money down when it comes to these games that um, as, as the lines are set, for week one as it is right now, but obviously they'll go up and down due to injuries or who's going to be cut or not cut. What do you do? Do you wait to that Thursday when the injury report comes out? Is that when the cutoff time is before you put your number down? Or do you, well, you, got, do, you do it earlier, like on a Monday? You got key numbers, right? Three and seven. The majority of football games fall on the number three. And then the second most key number in the NFL is seven. So if you're looking to take an underdog, and the game's right around five, five and a half, and it's a public team, and you know the public's going to back the Eagles with a bunch of money, uh, and that line might move up to six. Well, you got an opportunity. You can buy it to seven. You know, you can pay that 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 big, or you can take the plus six on that team. Um, 
yeah, injuries play a major role. I mean, it could move, shift the line dramatically. I mean, Jalen Hurts is out of the game. That line's going to move seven points, and the Patriots might become the favorite in that game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you really got to know what's going on, uh, you know, when it comes to injuries. And if a team's a public team like the Eagles have become, and uh, I would wait. I would wait to take the Patriots. Two last questions for you here. Hassan Reddick, over under 11 and a half sacks. It's a great, that's a great year, 11 and a half sacks. It is. He had 16 last year. Yeah. yeah. He had 19 and a half with all the games. I would say under. Under 11 and a half. All right. An NFL question Seattle or San Francisco to win the West? Seattle is pretty good. Uh, you're getting plus money on Seattle. I hate laying the vig. Uh, San Francisco is stacked, and they were banged up last year, but they have no quarterback. I think Geno's finally uh, getting it. You know, he killed us for years with the Jets. And uh, I would take Seattle plus money to win the West. Vikings or Detroit in the North in the NFC? Well, the Vikings won all those games last year. Uh, they were kind of lucky. It was a lucky season. All the ball bounced their way. I think the Vikings season win total set at 8.5. Detroit's at 9.5, so – the bookmakers are expecting the Lions to be uh, better than the Vikings this year. I would say that the Lions win that division. Now with Dalvin Cook on the Jets, Jets or Bills to win the AFC East? New system for Rodgers. You know, the average quarterback might take him eight weeks to get you know acclimated to that new system. Rodgers obviously isn't the average guy. Maybe six. I think the Jets start off slow. The uh, first five games of the season – pretty tough but as the year progresses they're going to get better and better i think the bills squeak out the division but the jets got an opportunity to scare some people in the playoffs if they get there do the broncos turn it around with russell wilson or do you think he's cooked man he he, he doesn't look too good <laughs> he, he, he doesn't doesn't look too good it, it's it's like he fell off a cliff Dude, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, maybe Pete Carroll, who would have thought Pete Carroll could do what he did with Geno Smith and the coaching? Get this. So, Geno, you're trying to tell me that Pete Carroll could coach Geno Smith into being an MVP candidate and Kyle Shanahan can't coach Trey Lance into being a starter. That's remarkable what's going on out west. And then this year, watching maybe Russell Wilson needed Carroll more than people think. Yeah, that might be uh... – that might be the case. Uh, Sean Payne's a great coach. Man. I don't want to put anything by him. But Russ looks like he's cooked. <laughs> he looks like he's cooked. All right. I got I got to sneak these last two in here. Rams. What what What's your take on the Rams? Will the Rams bounce back? Are they a playoff team or are they not a playoff team? They'll be lucky to win six games this year. Wow. Holy cow. So maybe they trade Aaron Donald in the midway point of the season and get him out of there so they can start rebuilding? Because yep. they don't have any draft choices for the next couple of years. Now they're in trouble. They're in trouble. All right. Final question for you here. New Orleans Saints. What's your take on them? I mean, awful schedule, car. They look, they look like they got talent. In your opinion, how far can that team go and how many wins can they have this year? I think they got the easiest schedule in the NFL. Absolutely do. 
And I don't know what Derek Carr's taking, but he looks like the Incredible Hulk. I mean, he looks ready. He's on. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but he <laughs> looks. <laughs> you know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are really good. And I bet the Atlanta Falcons will go over eight and a half wins this year. Saints might be a little bit better. Uh, it's going to be a close race. Ugh. I mean, the Saints, the Saints should win that division, but the Falcons are going to be on their tail. Man. If they if they get banged up or fall off a little bit, the Falcons are going to be right there to swoop up that division. Wow, man. Look at look at Philly Godfather saying that Derek uh, – he, he's saying that Derek uh, Caranaball is <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> is on something there. Derek Carr. We still make Anadrol 50s? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it, wow, this guy's dropping Anadrol 50s on me here. Holy <laughs> shit, let me say this to you. 1987, right? Hey, <laughs> let me say this to you. A little bit of Sustanone, a little bit of Echo Boys, and a little bit of 50. You drop those in there, anybody can bench 550. <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I was a strong kid, not as strong as you, obviously, but I was benching 400 at Olympus Gym in Havertown, PA, and I was the weakest guy in the gym back Think about it. I <laughs> think did, about that I gym. Did so too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How about this one? I used to do flat bench dumbbell presses with 275, three sets of five. My wife was my spotter. See, I'm five nine. My arms are shorter, so the taller guys used to always be like, "You got short arms. That's why you can put up that kind of weight." But hey, man, put up the weight that you put up, Jesus. A Greek and an Italian. Hey, man, we're lucky <laughs> to hit the six foot mark. We're good. <laughs> hey, Godfather, thank you so much, man. Have a fun time out there in Vegas. I appreciate you doing this, brother. Go Cowboys. <laughs> 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 With that, I'm going to – Tone just threw up on me. Thanks, Godfather. All right. I appreciate it there. Hey, Tony, okay? Uh, I think we better take a time out here. Hit the like. Well, maybe don't hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. 
First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Big Chills National Football Scale. Boy, I'll tell you one thing. I picked the wrong Bama wide receiver when I said that I didn't think Devontae Smith could handle the pressure of playing in the NFL. It's Jamison Williams, isn't it? I mean, this guy's never healthy, and he makes poor decisions. He's got a suspension. Now he's got a hamstring injury. He came into the NFL hurt. I mean, I don't know. Is he ever going to play? This guy is always injured, man. We may never see what this guy could really be because I think he's a, I thought he was great. And again, he came out of a really great wide receiver room at Alabama, but this guy's always injured, man. I mean, right? Let's take a look at some of these games, tonight's games and also this weekend and what we're looking for in the dress rehearsal as we get ready. Again, week three, the last exhibition game, I mean, you're looking for probably your last two or three guys on your roster, okay? Um, tonight, Carolina and New York. Frank Wright's got to score some points. They got to put some points on the board. Bryce Young's got to play a little bit. He's got to show he can. And by the way, that Carolina offensive line, holy cow. You got to protect that kid. He won't make the year. That's a little dude. You better have an offensive line built, and you better start building an offensive line if you're Frank Wright. The same type of line, and you better get Bryce Young a little bit bigger. Because they don't have the horses. The Giants, I tell you, the Giants have had a pretty awful offseason. I mean, Darren Waller is the only guy you brought in to upgrade your team. You think that's it? Kayvon Thibodeau was okay in his rookie year. He needs to be better. You got better at wideout? No. You got better in your old line? Not really. Did you get better on defense? Your defense is not bad. Your front four is not bad. I just, I don't know, man. I look at New York and I go, you're not going to win the way you did a year ago this year. You're not. You, I, I don't believe it. 
Plus, I want to see Daniel Jones do it again. Get this. So you don't play Daniel Jones in the postseason because you need him, right? And you're paying him $46.1 million. Let me ask you something. You think he's done enough to sit him? You know why it's okay to sit Jalen Hurts? Because Jalen Hurts' game is also running the ball. Jalen Hurts is not not playing because Jalen Hurts, you're afraid he's going to get hurt in the pocket. You're afraid Jalen Hurts is going to get hurt numerous ways, running out of bounds, getting rolled up in the pocket, hurting his knee in open field running. There's so many ways that Hurts can hurt himself. And so you're just alleviating that. When I watch Daniel Jones, that guy needs reps. He did not impress me enough last year to sit there and go, I'm not playing him in the preseason. I don't know, man. I mean, why would you baby a guy that's not like there yet? You know, I actually heard Boomer Sison say he's a top 10 quarterback. And I'm like, you're freaking crazy. That guy is not a top 10 quarterback. Dak Prescott's better. He's not top 10. I don't get that. Shit, man. What's the difference between Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray? I don't know. Murray's 25-31-1 and and has made it to the playoffs. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't see it. Cincinnati, Atlanta. That entire football team is going to come down to Joe Burrow's health and the secondary play. Put this into perspective, Big Sills. Daniel Jones' 2022 season was on par with Jalen Jalen Hurts' 2021 season. So then I'm going to expect the type of growth that Jalen had in year two starting. Jalen Hurts has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and an O-line that's the best in the league. And now you've added a running. Get this. They helped Hurts out. They added Swift. I mean, what they added Waller? That ain't enough. Jones is going to have to do more with less. And I don't think, and I think he's a lesser of a guy than Hurts. My point is Daniel Jones is that bad. He's been in the league longer. I know. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I got what you're saying. Jalen's first year was the highlight year of Daniel Jones. Correct. That's right. Think of that. Your high point is Hurts' first year where we all went, I don't know. Man, I do not see a year where he runs for 800 yards and throws for 3,800 yards and 22 touchdowns and five picks and takes the team to the Super Bowl. <laughs> He doesn't have A.J. Brown. He doesn't have Devontae. Shit, man, he don't even have Quez Watkins on that team. I don't know. Saturday games, Jacksonville. I'll tell you something about Doug, man. He's old school, isn't he? He plays them, guys. Um, To me, Trevor Lawrence has to show some consistency. That's one thing I'll say about Hurts again. Jalen Hurts. Can I tell you where – you can really look at Jalen Hurts and go like this, even though you didn't see him in the exhibition games and you saw him and hear people talking, just being around him the way he was going through those inner scrimmages. You know what they were saying? They were going like, they were going like this. Man, he's just getting better. His decision-making is getting better. He never has – how about this? Jalen Hurts never has a bad practice. How would you like to have that on your resume? 
Hertz never practices bad. It's one thing to go like this. Well, he didn't have the greatest game. He never practices bad. Dude, that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate player for a coach to coach. He never has a bad practice. Jalen Hurts never has a bad practice. Dude, you get 53 of them guys, you won't win every game you're in. You're going to get beat. But dude, when you got a guy that goes out and performs in practice every single day and never has a bad practice. Danny, are you high on Hurts? Um, the way... He, I'm high on Jalen Hurts in Philly. Like, I don't really think he could go in a lot of organizations and a lot of places and carry teams, but he's perfect in Philly for what they're doing. And they've basically built that team around him. And they did it economically. The Eagles spent their money to build that team around him. That's a big, you know what? Not just, It's not the money that the Eagles are spending on Hurts. It's the money they're spending around him. That's significant. Two bookend tackles, 15 to 20 million. Your center's a $15 million guy. You got a $20 million wideout. You got a first round wide receiver. You're spending $15 million on your tight end. You went out and got Swift, spending decent money, not awful money. You spent equity and draft choices on the right guard position to replace. I don't know, man. And he spent fifty-five million, or he spent fifty million dollars on the quarterback. He spent a lot of money to make that thing work. Kudos, man. It's not just the quarterback. Hey, it's one thing to have a fifty million dollar quarterback. Here, look, look, look what New York has. New York has a forty-five, forty-six million dollar quarterback with a two-dollar offense, two-dollar offensive line. How's that make sense? Why would you spend that kind of money when you don't have the people to block for him? He has no chance of winning. That's, it's kind of like, at least in Chicago, you're not spending that kind of money yet. Okay? You're, you're not spending the money yet in Chicago. You spent the equity of the first pick or the first round pick on him. Okay? So you're not spending a giant money on him yet. And that's why the 49ers are able to get away with a little bit on what they're getting away with is because they're spending no money, really significant money, on a starting quarterback. Think about this. How much the money they're spending on all those stiffs they have doesn't equal to Jalen Hurts' salary. I mean, what are they spending on Trey Lance? Five million? Six million? What are they spending on Purdy? 930000 What's what, what are they spending on Darnold? Five million? Think of that. It's not even $20 million. The money they're spending on three guys is less than the money that would have played for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm crazy. They're they're get this. The Eagles may be cheap at running back and linebacker and safety. The 49ers are cheap at quarterback. That's why they're not winning. That's why they're not winning. They're cheap at QB. How, hey, at least Howie goes, well, I'm not going to pay a running back, you know, seven, eight million dollars, but I'll pay my quarterback 55. 
In San Francisco, they go like this, the verse. I'd rather pay $20 million on Christian McCaffrey than 25 to $30 million on Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Well, that's why you're in the position you're in as you're on August 18th and you still don't have your quarterback uh, figured out. It's August 18th, 49er fans, and you still haven't figured your quarterback out yet. And you're trying to bullshit people by telling it's Brock Purdy. You better hope it's Brock Purdy. How can you be sold on a guy who played seven starts? Shit. If I'm still suspect on Hertz with only one year, you're leaning on seven starts? I don't know. That's quite a leap. I think the 49ers are going to get upset in that division, and I think Seattle's winning it. You're going to, by the end of the year, Darnold Duck's the starter. How could you go into a game with Darnold Duck as your guy? Darnold Duck and Purdy Bird are your first and second team dudes. You got Darnold Duck starting. You think the Dolphins should play Tua this weekend, or is it too risky? How about that scenario? Tua needs reps, but you don't want to get him too many reps because you don't want to get him killed. You know, you want to get continuity to your offense, but how are you playing that? Do you play him? Do you not play him? Do you gamble? Your entire season in Miami could be blown up and Mike White's your quarterback if you do the wrong thing in Miami. How about that one? Chicago Indy? Indianapolis is a train wreck. Chicago's at least trying. Buccaneers and the Jets? I think the, I think the Jets have a lot of talent. Except in their tackles, OT tackles. I think that's a problem. New England, I'm going to, hey, do me a favor, guys. If you get a chance Saturday, let's all watch that New England Green Bay game. Uh, Jordan Love's going to play in that game, too. Let's keep an eye on New England this week and next week. See what they're doing. Bailey Zappi's probably going to get a lot of playing time. Um, I, I bet Mac Jones plays, but I'm going to keep an eye on that ball game. Do a little tiny bit of homework for all of us and keep an eye on that New England game. Tennessee, Minnesota, Kansas City, Arizona, Denver, San Francisco. I doubt Russell plays a ton. He probably will. Um, The Raiders and the Rams. Raiders are good against the Niners last week. Dallas and Seattle be interesting. Sunday, New Orleans. Keep an eye on New Orleans. They'll be playing the Chargers on Sunday. Then Monday is Baltimore, Washington. And Sam Howell's been named the starter. Okay, I guess. I still think Jacoby Brissett's the best guy and the best option there. But we shall see. All right. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. A lot of football tonight, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And we're going to the final week of the exhibition season. And we get ready, really, for the 2023 season. Can't wait for it. Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. Tone, keep up the great work, dude. Great week for you this week here. Thank all of you. God bless all of you. Have a great weekend. Please hit the like button on the way out. Three to six on Monday, and we shall see you on the flip side.
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.